Welcome, spiritual baddie. You must be trying to navigate this messy journey of life while still having an abundant mindset. Sometimes shit hits the fan, but you know it's going to be okay in the end, even when it doesn't feel like it in the moment. This podcast is truly for those who simply get it. You know when you meet someone and they just get you without over-explaining? It's like a karmic bond, you know? We're here to talk it out so that you can feel more at ease with whatever you are going through in life. We're the bestie you can turn to during your 58th dark night of the soul and also the one you call up when you're celebrating the manifestation you've literally been calling in for the last 10 years. We're not here to put up a front because no one really has it all together all the time. So let's break down the walls. You can expect raw and open conversations on relationships, career, and life overall with a spiritual and astrological twist. Fuck the rules, fuck signing off emails professionally, and let's glow the fuck up. Today, I have a special guest with me, Holly Marie. She is a spiritual teacher and also a certified trauma-informed life and success coach. She has a specialty in human design and quite an extensive background. She has 10 plus years of experience as a multi-million dollar business owner in brick and motor and three years online as a multi-six-figure entrepreneur. She has a large toolbox of spiritual practices, so much stuff, breath work, EFT tapping, a meditation, hypnotherapy. I love all of it. And she focuses on helping fellow manifestors unlock their power. She is a 4-6 splenic manifester. She is a Pisces sun, Aries moon, Pisces rising. So welcome, Holly. Thank you. It's always just the craziest experience to hear somebody read a bio of you. <laughs> Is that me? Do I do all of those things? Wow. I'm actually, I'm all right. I'm pretty cool. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Welcome. Well, first of all, tell us your story. Like, how did you get here? It sounds like you've done a lot of amazing things in your life. So tell us how you got to this place. Oh, all of all of the things. Um, I mean, on a on a career front, really, I started in nursing. I've always had a fascination and love of the human body, of um, the holistic journey of of being human, and that initially led me into nursing because I I wanted to connect with people and their bodies and the dysfunction of the body. I wanted to be able to develop relationships. That's why I chose nursing over medicine because I wanted that time to develop that healing capacity in relationships and. Of course, like like most people in the Western medical system, I pretty quickly realized that that was not possible. <laughs> that really was not what it was all about. Um, so I left I left nursing after a few years and sort of segued myself into business. It was a very strange, unexpected little journey. I never, I had just never ever considered business. It had never been on my radar. I don't. I don't know anybody or at least at that time, I didn't know anybody that had run their own business or started their own business or, you know, my, my parents were like classic sort of normal workers. My, my dad worked for a bank and my mom was also a nurse. Um, and it was a friend of a friend that said, look, my, my brother owns a business and he needs somebody to come in and 
kind of overhaul the business because it's not functioning very well and we think you could probably do it. So I just did. And <laughs> that that really moved me into a whole new space, this whole new arena. And I immediately fell in love with business. I'm still in love with business. I mean, I'm like <laughs> nearly 15 years down the track. I still think business and the structure and the strategy and the vehicle and movement of business is just so juicy. That's my nerd out kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, eventually I moved into my own business, as most people in business do once you've sort of figured out your lane. Um, and after many, many years of being a business consultant, I purchased my own cafe and events venue, um, which was pretty extraordinary. I mean, it was a huge, huge business. Um, Bought it out of liquidation and were pretty quickly able to turn that around. So within the first year, it hit their first million dollar um, turnover mark. And by the second year, it was just over $2 million. Um, And for me, that was such a a dichotomy. It was such a, a confronting experience because on the outside, that was so successful and so pretty and so nice. And I got a lot of validation from people around me, you know, having been this person that had started a career and then given up and then done another thing and then given up. And finally I'd sort of made it definitely air quotes made it right. This um, like, well, you're a business owner now and it's this, this profitable business. It's very successful. It's very prominent. It's a very well-known brand in the, the area that we live in. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated every moment of it. It was toxic and exhausting. I had a lot of kind of power play stuff going on in the background, a lot of trauma. There was threats and manipulation and blackmail and secrets. And um, that, that in retrospect, once I got a few years past it, I realized that was my satin return, of course. <laughs> of course it was right yeah. and so after after three years um, my health really declined rapidly I developed a very strange heart condition I was losing consciousness and stopping breathing it got very dangerous so um, I sold the business and then thought that I would just sort of make my way back into normal life you know more more mainstream life Um, And then I had a huge spiritual awakening through that period, which, again, is one of those things that sounds so pretty, right? Like, oh, I just, I had a spiritual awakening, all this this stuff emerged. No, no, it's awful. Anyone that's done it knows how, I see you laughing, right? Like, (laughs) it's terrible. It's terrible. So that was a very, um, a very deep, intense few years of looking back at a lot of trauma, really unraveling what had happened in that that business, um, breaking down my whole identity, my whole lifestyle, rebuilding that identity in a completely new way. And ultimately what came of that was that I I moved into creating a business in the online space. And um I I like to be pretty labelless as far as the online business goes. You know, I I move in the area of energetics mm-hmm. and spirituality. That's that's what I love doing. Um, and it's always an evolution of, of 
where I'm at and what I have experienced. And that's why I have so many tools that I use. I generally don't kind of stick to, to one lane. Um, but where I have currently been, where our, where our business is probably most well-known for is in the human design space. I am a, a certified human design teacher and um, it's my dog happily barking in the background. You're welcome, everybody. And um I'm the only only specialist in manifestors, which is one of the energy types within human design. So I run something called the Manifestor Community. It's a whole gathering of manifestors. We're all a bit quirky. We're all a bit weird. And I do a lot of teaching and education and just growth and healing in that space. So I certainly didn't think that I would end up here, but <laughs> it's pretty beautiful arriving at this, this junction, I got to say. I love that. I feel like the journey is always so messy sometimes especially for manifestors like it's not linear and wow I feel like just hearing that I, I have so much I can't wait to dive even deeper into let's go let's go <laughs> well first of all when you were saying that it was your Saturn return I was laughing because I'm coming close to the end of my Saturn return now oh, and I'm just congratulations. looking forward to it I'm like I need to see the light <laughs> like it's been just death you know, darkness, this whole path, but we got this, so we're getting there. And you will survive it, I promise. Yes, totally. But I'm curious, where on your journey did you start learning about human design and that you were a manifester? Like, when did that come into play for you? Yeah, I, I think that I have a very similar story to a lot of people when it comes to human design in that it found me. I did not find it. I I was not looking for it. I was not searching. I was already in that spirituality space, um, but didn't feel like I was missing any kind of language or tool. And human design kept coming into my space, which was around about 2019, kind of early 2019. I was getting like a lot of people that I knew were speaking about human design. I was seeing it pop up in a lot of spaces. Um, I was in a mastermind at the time and there was a human design teacher in the mastermind. And I remember when we were, were all introducing ourselves, right? Like, like you do in a new group container and everyone was sharing like all of their their letters, which so happens in the spirituality space, right? Like everyone's like, I'm a life path six and a blah, blah, blah. And this is my astrology and this is my Enneagram and this is my human design. And so I went and searched my chart because I'd never done it before. And then was like, oh, okay, I'm a four, six clinic manifesto, but I don't, whatever. I don't know what any of that means. And I'm not interested in finding out. <laughs> I don't, I don't, which is very manifester of me, very manifesto. like, great, I'll participate if you really want me to, but I'm actually not, I'm, I don't want to do this game with any of you. So I'm just going to be the weirdo on the side. Um, and it was really throughout 2020. So I, I went on a retreat as part of that, that mastermind in February of 2020 and, um, shared an Airbnb with the human design teacher who was uh, Eden Carpenter. Um, she's an MG and she really just sort of vomited human design all over me for four days. <laughs> she was like, you are going to, this is going to be a thing for you. This is just going to be important. And, and I had a very conscious moment where I surrendered to it. I, Looking back on that, that was probably my first conscious informing, which is so important for a manifester. Um, but I really did out loud 
state of the universe, all right, hands up. If if you want to keep bringing this thing to me, I will dive into it. I will surrender. Just make it good, whatever it is, if I'm going to put my energy here. And that kind of, that started everything. I did a, um, throughout 2020, which was lockdown in Australia. I know Canada had a similar strict lockdown policy. So we were at home a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I spent a lot of 2020 studying. And the the major area that I studied and certified in was human design and gene keys. And I came out at the end of 2020, um, uh, having shut down my whole, I was a spiritual business coach. I'd shut down my whole business during that year, purely to study and came back out at the end of that year and reestablished my business from the ground up in, in human design and specializing in manifestors. So um, it feels like that was a very quick evolution. Um, and being at, at, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going into my like, coming out of the fourth year of my experiment, going into the fifth year of it. And it's um, now it's just my language. It's just, you know, it's, it's very normalized, but I do remember that, that time period of realizing like this system is huge and complex and fascinating and showing me things about myself that I've in fact never found anywhere else um and I need to make a decision about whether or not I'm going to be in that or out of that wow that is so amazing I can totally relate to that I feel I feel like I discovered human design maybe a little bit after you but just all these light bulb moments went off and very similar to you it like found me out of nowhere I think I heard about it first on a podcast and then it's it's like an experiment like you said you kind of slowly dig away at it and then discover all these new things about you it's funny when you said you're when you were staying with that other coach who was an mg and she's like vomiting (laughs) (laughs) and you i relate to that so much because i'm an mg and i feel like i have the tendency to you know do that sometimes because i'm like i just want to tell you everything about this thing we love you for it we love you but it's a lot really (laughs) totally totally so that's just so funny but one thing i wanted to ask you about is that so manifestors go through these really long rest cycles which I'm Mm. sure you know about and I just want to know more about that like how have you handled those rest cycles I feel like when I encounter manifestors sometimes they're like oh I don't know how I'm going to make income because I feel like I'm in a really long rest cycle yeah so tell us more about that and what you usually recommend to manifestors when they're in that process yeah, the rest for manifestors is different than rest is for everyone else. Or everybody needs rest. Everybody does. And um, you know, we could we could argue that it's like why would it be any different? It just it's a slight variance, but for manifestors specifically it is just a completely different experience than than the way that anybody else needs rest. Um and for us it's because we are we're very much bound by this creation rest cycle. So we move through a creative cycle and that is when we have uh what we call creative urges. A lot of people refer to that as ideas for manifestors because I I guess that's what it looks like on the outside that um we just have this light bulb idea and then we go ahead and initiate it and create it and it's beautiful. But but really 
there's a distinction for us. It's an, it's an urge. It comes through our body. We don't fully understand it. We don't see all of the steps. It's not logical. We're usually terrified to do it um, because it's never been done before. <laughs> there's no evidence for it, but all of our energy comes online. And that's when you see manifestors going kind of manic. We we get a little bit obsessive and a bit crazy. We can get pretty angry. We don't want to be interrupted. We're like, get out of our space. I'm in my creative flow because I have to birth this thing. So we can work incredibly hard for a period of time to birth that. But it is a, a very energetic process. It's not just physical energy. That's emotional energy, spiritual energy, we're, we're bringing something from that 5D realm that n- nobody can see. We can't, can't touch it. And we're birthing that into the 3D to become a real thing. So once we've done that process, because our role is to initiate, then we go into a rest cycle. And that rest initially is just recuperation. We're, we're exhausted. We're so exhausted. It's, it's very much... Um, because I'm also a mother, it was so helpful for me to start viewing that the same as like an afterbirth process that when you give birth to a child, you're wiped out. Like you just birthed a child into the world. That's exactly what that, that rest cycle feels like for a manifesto to start to begin with, because we, we just gave life. Mm -hmm. And so we have this real sort of debilitating fatigue that just takes us out for a while. And then we move into uh, what I call phase two of the rest cycle, which is much, much longer. And usually what people see of us where we don't have a creative urge and our energy is not really online. And we, we struggle to initiate a lot. We struggle to kind of connect with people and be part of the world because what we're really doing is creating a vacuum of space where Uh, we're preparing ourselves for whatever the next creative urge and creative cycle is going to be, but we don't know when that will be, what it will be or how big it will be. So we just exist in this sort of very fluffy gray area of I'm not fully myself. I don't really have a lot of energy. I can't um, push things into life. I really can't initiate here. It's a struggle to, talk to people it's hard actually sometimes in a rest cycle to just get through those standard things each day like whoa my daily routine just feels like oh that was a big day because I ate and I worked a little bit (laughs) and that was that was real tough for me and that part of the rest cycle generally goes for several months Mm -hmm. so I think the longest rest cycle I've ever done was an eight month rest cycle classically mine go anywhere between kind of five six seven months um whereas a creative cycle will will maybe be a couple of weeks or it might be a month or two so we're in rest way more than we're in creative just way more and yeah there's a very very real experience of if I am disengaged from myself from my work and from the world around me how do I make money? How do I, how do I live? Because as manifestors, we start connecting our ability to initiate and our ability to create as the pathway to make money. 
and the pathway to be validated, to be seen, to be worthy, to be part of the part of the world, part of the collective. So when we're not able to do that for a prolonged period of time, there's this kind of, um, you know, it, in the end, it is just a fear. It is a fear, but I I hesitate to label it as just a fear because it feels incredibly genuine, right? It feels very like. I'm seeing all of these beautiful sacral people around me, the MGs and the generators who are able to produce and work hard and show up consistently. And that's what we've always been taught to do to make money. And you're telling me I can't do that for two thirds of the year. So how, how do I, how do I do that? Um, and the key really comes down to if you're in business, the key comes down to creating passive income streams. It's pretty simple. Take what you've created, from your last creative urge and find some way of automating that and making that a, a passive income. Um, it's incredibly useful to get people around you who support you. So as soon as you can afford it, get staff. Um, if you can't afford staff, have friends, have family that can just kind of keep you feeling loved and keep you feeling grounded during that time. And if you're working a nine to five, it's, you know, that's a lot harder. It's a lot harder because you're kind of a, a non-sacral being in a sacral system. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the best way to approach long rest cycles, if you're in that that nine to five, you know, career workspace is just to understand that for long periods of time, just getting through your workday is going to be your achievement. That's enough. Yeah. And there will be periods where you come out of that. And you go back into a creative cycle and you've got more energy and you can push stuff forward and, and look at things like negotiating with your employer, if you can, to maybe work from home some of that time, maybe do less tasks while you're in a rest cycle, all of those kinds of things. But um, yeah, the rest cycles, it's, it's a beast. <laughs> and um, I think that it's, it's very challenging for people outside of a manifesto to understand mm -hmm that that's happening and, and what it means and why we can't just like kind of pick ourselves up and, and keep moving. Wow. I love that we can describe this now, like using human design, because I feel like it's, it's just such a great way to understand people better. I feel mm -hmm. like a, even as an MG myself, sometimes I'll get into these modes where I'm a little bit more manifester than generator and it's weird because I feel like in my life, I've had like year long rest cycles, even as an MG, it's, it's weird to me. Sometimes I'm like, am I an MG? But I, I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> am I? <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's just very interesting to hear about like that process and the journey. But like, so tell us more about how to use human design for manifesting manifesting different things like in, like income whatever business if you want to manifest something in your life how do you recommend using your human design to do that well like manifesting is energetics yeah mm -hmm. and whichever way you approach it whatever language you want to apply to that whether you're um there are just so many tools there are so many ways to look at manifesting and human design is of course a system of energetics so Human design is a useful way to do it if it resonates with you. But it's important to kind of boil it down to that, to just simplify it down, because whenever you're trying to manifest anything, it is always about 
matching energetic frequencies always. So if you want to manifest something and the, the definition of manifest to manifest is to create. So when you're trying to create something in your world that you desire, you need to be in the same energetic frequency as that because energy is magnetic. So the energy that you're in is the energy that will arrive in your space because energy wants to attract the same type of energy. That's like a very, very watered down, simplified mm -hmm. look at manifesting. And so when we get something like human design, which says, here's this language that provides you a blueprint of exactly all the ways you as an individual are designed to be energetically aligned. It's your unique blueprint. It's never, ever replicated identically in anybody else. So it's like that gives us a shortcut, like a pathway. I'm not guessing as a, as a human design person who uses my human design for manifesting, I don't have to, to play around with, oh, what, what energetic frequency is aligned for me here? Like, how do I manifest this thing that I want? I just go to one of the areas in my human design and say, if I can align myself with this energy, because I know that this specific energy is 100% correct for me. Mm -hmm. And if I can be aligned here, then I am in alignment, period. So I can, I can then energetically attract anything I want. Um, so in human design, that can look like, it's human design's an onion. I think of it like an onion, right? So many layers. Yeah. And so starting at that outside layer, like, can you be really aligned within your energy type? Can you be using your strategy? Can you be doing that deconditioning process around your energy type? Can you look at your authority, your inner authority, that decision-making process and get aligned with that? Are you making decisions in energetic alignment for yourself? Especially if you're an emotional authority. Oh my gosh. Are you actually riding the wave? Are you riding the wave or are you just thinking that you're riding the wave? Right? <laughs> this is important. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at your profile, like, are you really in alignment there? There are wounds and shadows that exist on our profile numbers as well. Our energy centers, are you in alignment with your defined energy centers? Are you operating from those spaces or are you operating from the conditioning of your undefined centers? And it goes on and on and on. I mean, you could look at specific gates. You can really, really work on getting in alignment with like your conscious sun or your unconscious Mars is a big one. Even your Jupiter gates are really important in manifesting, but there's no point trying to unlock those really detailed levels unless you've done the other layers of the onion. And I find, especially when it comes to manifesting, because then immediately we start to look at money and material goods and business and success and all that stuff that we really, really want. Um, a lot of people try to skip over the foundational work and jump straight to like, well, show me, show me like the like one gate in my human design that's going to help me manifest. Can't. <laughs> you can't. You gotta have done all of the rest of the work. And the beauty is any any work that you do to align with your energy is going to help you manifest. I love that description. I feel like that's so on point. And I feel like it's a great segue here because I did want to ask you about informing as a manifester mm. because I feel like there's so much resistance towards informing. Oh yeah, because we I it. feel like with manifestors, there's so much that they want to communicate, and you're like afraid if the other person is going to understand everything. You're like, where do I even start? Because there's like a million things. 
so how how did you over, like did you have that fear how did you overcome it and how did you kind of practice to get better at informing well the difference is for us that strategy of informing is not actually our strategy for everyone else in human design, the strategy is a naturally occurring thing, right? We've we've got for the generators and the MG, your strategy is is the waiting to respond. Um, granted, for MGs, it's a pretty fast waiting period. You don't really have to wait all that long. For the projectors, it's the waiting for the invitation. For the reflectors, it's waiting that lunar cycle, right? For manifestors, our strategy is to initiate. And we do that effortlessly. That's natural for us. We do that without thinking. We do that without even knowing that we're doing it. It's completely unconscious in a lot of a lot of our exchanges. Informing for us is a technique. It's a technique, a behavioral technique that allows us to initiate easier. It really kind of softens the blow for people around us and opens up some pathways. And so um when human design people and teachers talk about, oh, like manifestors, you just need to inform before you initiate. It's like alarm bells for me. <laughs> like we, we don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We need to learn how to inform. We need to teach ourselves to inform and really discipline ourselves to do that because it's never, ever going to occur naturally. That's why manifestors resist it. That's why we hate it because it takes effort to inform. Ideally for us, if we could live in a world where we're just never surrounded by people, where we're just in our own space with plenty of money and plenty of freedom to do whatever the heck that we want, to rest when we want to rest, to create whatever we want to create, and then just shove it out in the world and never have anybody say a thing to us about it, that would be so brilliant. But we don't live in that world. We live in a world where other people need us to interact with them when we're creating. And so informing is the pathway that helps us do it. Um, but we find informing tiring. We find it heavy. We we really do question ourselves and doubt that whole process because we're like, well, what's too much informing? And what's not enough informing? And what do you actually need to know from me? And half the time, we don't even know what we need to be informing on. So <laughs> we're like, I don't have a plan. I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. So what am I meant to be telling you about this? And of course, informing then opens the doorway for people to respond. Mm-hmm. And we we really don't do well with people responding to us, especially when we're in that vulnerability of, oh, I'm creating something new and I'm a bit afraid of it. And if I inform you, then you're going to share your opinion with me and I don't know if I can handle that so a lot of manifestors just don't don't inform um the thing about informing though really is that it when we can get into that discipline it does help it does and as soon as we we break away from oh I have to inform before I initiate and I always have to be informing people and we start looking at informing as a much wider technique of I have a closed aura as a manifesto. I'm behind a closed energy. People don't get me. They don't. And when I inform, when I speak out loud, I open a bit of a doorway in that closed aura. I kind of just crack open a window and I say, hey, you can have a look inside for a minute and you can understand me and what I'm doing and what I'm feeling. And then I'm going to close that up and you can respond how you need to respond 
Yeah, but I've done my bit to make sure that it's all out there. So informing is not always about informing other people. A lot of the time, it's just speaking out loud to inform the universe and say, hey, hello, universe, manifester over here presenting. Let me open my energy for a bit and show you this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm requesting. This is what I'm needing. Yeah. When it is going to directly impact other people, that's when we need to inform that person. So it kind of becomes um, less about this mandate to share what you're doing before you do it Mm -hmm. and more about making your inner monologue into an outer dialogue Mm -hmm. so that people and energy, just that universal energy can see in for a bit and then decide, are they on board? Are they going to be supportive or are they going to get out of the way? Because it's that magnetizing, repelling. Like, so it's always one of two responses. People are like, this is incredible. I love it. I'm so here for it. I'm fanning, you know, or it's like that shit's crazy and I don't want to be anywhere near it. And they'll, they'll clear out. Right? Yeah. And for me, um, and I so encourage other manifestors to do this if, if they can be so intense about it, but I just, I was not winning the game with informing. I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's hard. It doesn't come easily to me. It doesn't come naturally to me. I don't think about doing it. And so I decided that I needed to be really conscientious, that I needed to form neural pathways and make it a behavioral transaction that was just a natural part of how I interact with the world. Um So I set myself a six-month informing challenge that every single day for six months, I had to inform somewhere or somehow to someone or to something. I had to inform. I had to make my inner monologue and outer dialogue. And um, the awesomeness about that, I mean, it it was pretty extreme, but the awesomeness about that was then at the end of it, I arrived at a place where I really don't think much about informing anymore. Now it is probably as unconscious as it could be for me, but I do still have moments um, where I'm like, oh, I forgot to inform. (laughs) Like, that's why this is all messy. I did it with my staff the other day. I was like, oh, sorry, guys. I launched this new product and I totally forgot to inform you. And that's why you're all messaging me saying, Holly, what are you doing? What are you promoting? Are we meant to be doing something here? Sorry, everybody, bad manifesto. I forgot to inform, right? So I don't think that it's ever going to be something that just, just comes to us. We have to take it pretty seriously and and really come to that understanding of why it's valuable for us and why it impacts other people. I really like that. I feel like it, the manifestors listening to this episode will probably relate to that a lot. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that would be very helpful for them to just know that it's it's something that you need to build on and it's not something that comes naturally. But yeah. How, yeah, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> how do you deal with the manifestor anger as your oh. not self theme? You know, like, I feel like it can be really intense sometimes. Would you say that it kind of gets easier to to redirect when your anger comes or like what is that process for you like? I mean, 
anger is such a uh, demonized expression socially, isn't it? Especially from females. And I, I feel like I've, I've spoken to a lot of MGs who really relate on the same level. And I've received, I've received some pretty full on MG anger as well. So <laughs> I think you guys have a streak of it. Um, I think that the the really hard thing for a manifesto to experience with our own anger and for people around us to experience is that it's so polarized, right? Generally, a manifester is calm. We're usually very peaceful, lovely, just doing our own thing, happy little people. And then when when we're out of alignment and that anger comes up because it's very much like a flare, it's a volcano. It just it comes very quick, very strong, very harsh. And when that gets expressed outwardly and and we have tantrums, we do. We, you know, we scream and we yell and we it's it's a very bad idea to be around people when you're in your anger because <laughs> you end up saying things things that you don't mean. Um that's that's so tough for people to understand in a manifesto because it's like I didn't I didn't even see the anger coming because you're behind your closed energy I don't understand how you've swung from being this you know calm peaceful being to to this like what is this and so a lot of manifestors I would even argue all manifestors actually have wounding around our anger because we've spent our whole lives being told this is not okay this is not you. You don't do this. You're not allowed to express yourself this way. And you need to be more meek, be more um, submissive, be more quiet. And so what we learn to do very unhealthily is to be repressive with our anger. And that means that by adulthood, we're usually experiencing our anger as resentment. Mm. And we kind of have this, this constant state of just seething. We're just seething under the surface. And we resent a lot of things. We resent a lot of relationships, a lot of workplaces, a lot of um, schedules and routines and expectations on us. And we we need to go through a healing journey. That's a really important part of every manifestor's growth experience that we need to come into a communion with that anger. Because for us at least, and I, I think for everybody, but for us, anger's not bad right out just that whole signature theme not self theme that's not a good bad binary right it's not like you're good if you're in your signature theme and bad if you're in your not self theme your not self theme is a message from your system it's just a communication from your system your body saying something's not correct here something happened that put us out of alignment maybe it's an external thing maybe it's an internal thing but hey something's something's off and we need to change that and for, for a manifesto, that's that feeling of anger. So if we can just start a conversation with it and treat our anger as sacred, it's it's genuinely just the most powerful, clear, direct message from our bodies that say, stop, stop. What's happening? Is there some conditioning in you that is that is feeling out of alignment? Is there an environment that you're in or a situation that you're in that is incorrect for you? Um, even uh, the other day I was going to get coffee from like my regular coffee shop 
I was already tired. I was feeling like it was really busy around me. And when I went up to order my coffee, I got interrupted three times, three times while I was ordering my coffee. And I had that huge manifester flare in that moment. And um, that was, of course, you know, I stopped, like I paid for my order and I pulled myself away and I had a conversation with my anger. And of course that was about me not feeling respected, right? I was being interrupted as a customer and I didn't like that and I didn't feel valued doing that. So that's that's internal. That's internal for me. I need to work on, oh, do I want to return to this environment then? Do I have different expectations? Do I need to inform here and maybe change something? Is that maybe that this routine or this coffee shop is now not serving me? I don't actually want to be here anymore. I don't like this. I want to try something new. I want to go to a different place. So um when we can get into that type of collaboration with our anger, it becomes so useful, mm-hmm. so, so useful. But I definitely, definitely understand the feeling of, of seeing a manifester in anger. My, my dad is a manifester. I have a child who's a manifester. I'm obviously surrounded by thousands of manifestors. And trust me, I get hit with manifester anger, like on the regular. Um, and it is, it's harsh. And it's brutal to receive. It's a lot of energy coming out in a very fierce, fiery way. So um, we have a real responsibility as manifestors to to manage that and to use it for the purpose that it's designed for. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that so much. Being an MG, like the anger is just aggressive (laughs) sometimes. And yeah, like what you said, I feel like, I've been noticing more and more that whenever the anger comes up, it's just a very clear sign that something needs to shift Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm hanging on to something longer than necessary and I'm not letting go quick enough. But yeah, I feel like that's a very accurate description of how the anger just hits you. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 Very true. But this was all so awesome. I'm like loving all this talk about manifestors. I feel like the manifestors listening will really benefit from this. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, where is the best place to find you online? I'm mostly on Instagram. I find like that's my my happiest, most peaceful social media space. So I'm on Instagram at the manifestor community. Of course, there with a whole whole bunch of other manifestors. And it's just a really beautiful communal space where manifestors get to see each other and learn about yourselves you can be quiet if you want to be quiet you can be very engaged and very involved if you want to but that's definitely the the best place to come and kind of dive into the waters of learning about yourself as a manifestor amazing well we'll definitely make sure to leave all your links in the description so everyone can find you but thank you so much for joining me today. I, I loved that conversation. I always love diving deep into just human design and understanding people better. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a privilege to be able to share somebody's space and share their audience. So thank you for letting me be here. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Glow Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely take a screenshot, share it on your stories, and tag me at astrobabe1234 so I can make sure to reshare it. And if you want to continue spreading the abundance, definitely go leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you so much, and I'm sending you lots of abundance and love. Mm-hmm.